Hello and welcome to a special Rewind episode of the Raise Your Game Show. I'm your host, Alan Stein Jr. If you're new to our show, each of the previous 12 seasons have had a different theme, a different format, and a different approach to unpacking and dissecting both individual and organizational performance. These Rewind episodes take a look back at some of my all-time favorite shows, in case you missed them the first time around, or in case you'd like to give them a second listen. I hope you enjoy, and more importantly, I hope this Rewind episode helps you raise your game. Excuse me, everyone, if I can have your attention, please. Probably wondering why we gathered you here. Let's give them something to talk about. Let's give them something to talk about. Roll it. Roll it. Welcome to the Raise Your Game Show, a podcast that unpacks and dissects the strategies and principles of high performance in sports and business. Here's your host, Alan Stein Jr. In the first half of season two, I teamed up with two good friends to unpack their thoughts, perspectives, and the lessons they learned from six of the most popular signature stories I tell regularly in my keynotes, workshops, and trainings. The second half of season two will follow the exact same format, except this time we'll dissect and discuss six rarely told stories that I've only shared publicly on a few occasions. Now, please keep in mind, these stories are very unrefined. They need to be workshopped and tweaked a lot before they're stage ready. But this is the first step of how I develop content. In this episode, I'm joined by my friend Kyla O'Connell, a brilliant executive and senior partner at Asher, as well as a phenomenal speaker, sales trainer, facilitator, and coach. Kyla and I are going to deconstruct the story of the time I attended a game with NBA scout Dave Bullwinkle and how the lesson I learned of acting as if someone is always watching directly applies to business leadership. Let's take a listen as I share this story with Kyla in studio for the very first time. Back in late January of 2007, a longtime friend and mentor of mine, Coach Dave Bullwinkle, invited me to join him at the Syracuse vs. Georgetown game at the Verizon Center in Washington, D.C. This was technically a work trip for Dave, as he was a veteran scout for the Chicago Bulls. He needed to do his due diligence on the multiple McDonald's All-Americans and future NBA lottery picks that each team had. He texted me and asked me to meet him at the arena at 3 p.m., I thought he made a mistake, as that was four hours before tip-off. I mean, I'm all about promptness, but four hours early seemed like a bit much. So I texted him back and said, you know tip-off is at 7 p.m., right? And then he texted me something that changed my perspective forever. Yes, he said, but I need to observe these players when they don't think anyone is watching. I need to see how they behave before the cameras start rolling. So we arrived four hours early and sat inconspicuously in an empty arena and watched both teams at their pregame walkthrough. Coach Bullwinkle took pages and pages of detailed notes on every player's attitude, body language, mindset, preparation, habits, focus, and character. He took more notes in the four hours before tip-off than he did during the actual game. And let's just say a few of the players he was scouting raised their draft stock and a few players ruined theirs. A few players actually sabotaged their own draft status by not showing up as their best selves 
during what they thought were the unseen hours. And that literally cost them millions of dollars. You see, in the NBA, all first-round picks sign a rookie contract with a predetermined salary. There is no negotiating. If you're the first pick in the draft, you make X. If you're the second pick in the draft, you make Y. And every draft position you drop, you lose hundreds of thousands of dollars per year. If you drop from the 10th pick to the 15th pick, you lose almost a million dollars per year in salary. If you drop from being in the lottery to the end of the first round, you lose almost twice that. So as you can see, not showing up as your best self and not preparing with focus, effort, and discipline can be very costly. That's why I recommend you act as if someone is always watching you because there's a good chance they are. What's your initial reaction to hearing that story for the first time, Kyla? <laughs> well, it certainly rings truth with uh, regard to salespeople. Yeah. Right? And uh, one of the things that I think, especially younger salespeople coming out of college are uh, unaware of is their digital image, right? And so absolutely everybody is watching their digital appearance and their image and their character on social media. And uh, I think that's something that's a little bit uh, overlooked or underlooked, maybe I should say. What did you say? And so absolutely everybody is watching their digital appearance and their image and their character on social media. And uh, I think that's something that's a little bit uh, overlooked or underlooked, maybe I should say, Yes. by them. Uh, so we, and I think that this also goes back to character. Um, you know, if, you, if you're uh, placing attention to things that matter when no one's looking, then it says a lot about your character, right? Yes. Because you're doing it because it's the right thing to do, not because someone's watching. Um, and it's funny because, you know, we're all human and we all have bad days and personal issues that, that you know, creep into our lives. But um, I remember uh, I took a, about a six-month hiatus from Asher uh, when I decided to have my second child. And, of course, I couldn't just uh, be home and do nothing. Of so <laughs> I became – and even though I was not doing nothing, I was taking care of children. Um, but I decided to become an image consultant. And I went through a, you know, a training program. And one of the things I remembered from that training was that you can always control. And I know you're really good about saying you can always control your attitude and your effort. Yeah. Um, they just simply added appearance. I like that. You know, I mean, maybe maybe we can't change our you know, eye color or hair color or whatever that. But we can change our grooming and how we choose to dress and how we choose the attention of detail we, we choose to put into our appearance every day. Yes. And, of course, then then there's attitude and effort as well. And that was the, the, the biggest uh, takeaway I took away from that image training was that someone is always watching. And if you control, and those three things are in our control. Yes. And I always say to young people or people that are on my team, uh, maybe we're going to go to a team dinner and uh, with our CEO, John Asher, and they don't get to see John maybe two or three times a year because of the nature of our business. Yeah. And they'll say, you know, do I really need to dress up? And, and, you know, can I be casual? And I'm like, look, this is the easy, easy stuff, yeah. right? Just look professional, look buttoned up because you only have two or three times to make an impression on the person who signed your check. What did you say? Look professional, look buttoned up because you only have two or three times to make an impression on the person who signs your checks. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I think you should, you know, dress appropriately, but uh, 
certainly pay attention to your appearance and your attitude and your effort because all of those things are, I always say the easy things because they're in our control. There's so much that's not. So yeah. at least at least take care of the things that are in our in your control. And, um, <clears throat> well, and when you think one of the things that's out of our control is who's going to be watching us and when they're going to be watching us. So right. we don't have any control over that. Those players that day at Georgetown and Syracuse had no control and, or in this case, no idea that someone that would actually be influential to their future was there watching them when they didn't expect it. Yeah. And that, I think, one of the big problems for anyone in any walk of life, personal or professional, sports or business, is when you're not consistent, mm -hmm. where you think you can just turn things on and off whenever you want. It's yeah. like the player that thinks they don't have to practice hard, but trust me, coach, I'll turn it on when the game starts. Mm -hmm. You can't put a lot of faith in somebody that's that's inconsistent. So I think a good measuring stick for all of us is just pretend that <laughs> someone is watching you at all times. You know, when I talk to young people, make decisions as if your mom or your teacher or your coach was standing next to you right now. Right. You know, if you're a college athlete and you want to play professional, imagine that a coach or a GM is at your practice and behave accordingly. And I yeah. think if you can condition yourself to always behaving in a manner that you'd be proud if someone is watching you, then you show up as your best self. Absolutely. And I mean, think about it too. When someone, when people are watching, um, certainly it's important, like what you said, when, when, when you don't know if someone's watching, you have to, that's a character thing, yes. right? Um, but oftentimes we have uh, people who struggle with, even when people are watching, they think oh, that yeah. their behavior is okay because they're the best player or they're the top salesperson and they can, you know, go off in a meeting and, um, or they don't have to prepare for the presentation because they've done it, you know, a hundred times successfully. And I've, I've always used this analogy or, or metaphor. I think it, it rings uh, to everybody. Um, your customer or your team or your CEO, anybody who you're meeting with um, in, in some way, shape or, or form has paid for that meeting. What did you say? Your customer or your team or your CEO, anybody who you're meeting with, um, in, in some way, shape or, or form has paid for that meeting, yes. whether it's with their time or their money or anything well like that. And so I always tell, uh, the salespeople that, uh, and the leaders, I mean, I, I coach a lot of sales leaders and, um, you know, I say, you, you have to imagine when you walk into that meeting to your sales team, or you walk into that presentation with a, with a new customer or existing customer that you are an actor and you are the, the curtain is right in front of you and the curtain's about to open. Yeah. And at that point, um, you know, yes, it's important to, to always understand, uh, that we have to be consistent when people, we don't know when people are watching us, but we also have to be consistent when they are <laughs> absolutely and not just rest on our past success. And, you know, and I, when I make that metaphor that, um, the people who paid for those front row seats, uh, to that play, don't care what that actor's going through that no. day. Right. So it's, you know, game on, uh, show must go on the presentation. And that doesn't mean, um, no matter what is going on in your personal life, that that's an excuse to not show up. Yes. And I know you and I both feel that readily as performers, as yeah. speakers and trainers and facilitators and coaches. Uh, but there is a lot of pressure on that yeah. because it's it's hard to be able to compartmentalize if something's not going well, to be able to shut that down and say, well, this audience deserves my best. Yeah, They've paid for my best either with their time or with their money. And I, I owe that to them. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing I, I think um, is very applicable. Uh, you could come in and let's say I'm a CEO of a company and you come in and you're pitching your services and you just knock it out out of the park. We haven't, I mean, you are phenomenal. Everything is on point. 
and then we decide to go to a business dinner after mm. and you're rude to the waiter. Right. That now you're showing me actually like that was more than my only intuition will be you put on a nice song and dance for me when you were in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. But now when we're out in public, you're actually showing me who you really are. Yeah. And you know that to me, that goes back to that inconsistency that we should all be high performers when we know the lights are on, mm-hmm. but we should act and behave accordingly, even if we don't think that they are, because it can't hurt. Right. (laughs) It will never, ever serve you wrong by doing the right thing, even if no one is there to see it. But it can absolutely bite you as it did with these players if you choose to do the wrong thing. And you know what I remember was from the the notes, because he was explaining stuff to me, it's not like anyone was misbehaving or Mm -hmm. anyone was being rude or belligerent. They just weren't being serious. Mm. And when someone's getting ready to pay you millions of dollars for your ability to play the game of basketball, they want to know that you take your craft very seriously and that you are going to prepare like a champion, that you're going to practice like a champion, that you're going to do all of the little things. And that's what was missing from some of those guys. Now, of course, keep in mind, they're Young. 19, 20, <laughs> 21 years old, so they may not have known that. And, and one of the hardest things is I don't know that they'll ever – learn that lesson directly unless someone tells them. I don't know that anyone's informed them, hey, you realize the reason you lost 10 draft spots was because of this one game at Georgetown, you chose not to take warmups very serious. I don't know. And that also goes back to kind of this thought that if no one cares enough about you to tell you when you make these mistakes, that you may not even know them and you'll continue to make them. So uh, I, I just think all of us have to get in the routine of being as consistent as possible during the unseen and the seen hours and just take a lot of pride in being the best we can in everything that we do. Uh, And that's what high performers do. They don't try to compartmentalize excellence. They try to be excellent in everything that they do. Yeah. I mean, an easier way to maybe even um, explain it to some of the young people who don't really get it yet is that it's their brand. Yes. Right. And so they have to think of themselves as their own brand. Yeah. Um, I know you, Alan, have actually your brand is you. Yeah. <laughs> um, professionally, that's the name of your company. Um, but we all are our own brand. And uh, any time that someone joins our company, if they do or say something that doesn't uh, quite align with the Asher brand, they're told. What did you say? But we all are our own brand. And uh, any time that someone joins our company, if they do or say something that doesn't uh, quite align with the Asher brand, they're told, right? And Absolutely. they're given guidelines. As on, they should be. Right. And travel guidelines and, and appearance tra- guidelines and how things are expected to be in front of customers. And and I think that uh, companies are pretty good about that. But yeah. I don't think that individuals always think of themselves as brands. Um, and so you know, just like we would be confused if uh, we uh, drove up to a Ritz-Carlton and it was not a, an ex- ex- excellent experience, yeah. it was a terrible experience, um, that would not be brand consistent. Yes. And that is uh, what happens to us as well when we are not consistent. Yeah. And one of the things you shared earlier when we started the conversation, you were talking about social media. And I do think that's one of the major things that's changed with this consistency uh, and unseen hours concept. There are much fewer unseen hours today than they were when you and I were growing up (laughs) because everything's documented. And that's another thing to think about that um, I can understand why someone would have the thought that, you know, I work for Asher, but what I put on my Facebook, that's my own personal stuff. And while they might be technically correct, 
there's still an association between the two. Mm -hmm. And that if, if you are irresponsible enough to post um, immoral or hateful or uh, criminal type stuff, that still is connected to Asher in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. Now, you may have the right to express yourself doing that. But they also have the right to say, well, this is an alignment with who we are as a company. Yeah. And most consumers or prospects or clients don't view that as being a separation. So mm -hmm. it also means that when you're a part of something bigger than yourself, an employer or a team, you have to make sure that everything you say and do is appropriately aligned with that organization. If not, there's going to be a disconnect and you could you know, have a major penalty for that. Well, especially if we're trusting those folks to go out without us, right? Without yeah. an executive, we're trusting them to uh, either, you know, facilitate a seminar or um, handle a sales presentation. And if one of the, you know, partners is not there, we need to be uh, assured that the experience is going to be the same, yes. whether we were there or not. And um, yeah, so it's it's critical. And just, just similar to sports teams, right? I mean, we expect uh, a certain level of decorum. Yes. And, and when it's not there, and unfortunately for them, um, when you're in the professional world, we all hear about it. Yes. Um, and I've been uh, pretty impressed and actually shocked lately at how quickly NFL teams have just been, and not just NFL, I guess it's yeah. all sports. I just follow the NFL a little bit closer yeah. uh, to react to that. Uh, that's not in alignment with our brand, whatever that behavior is. Yes. And they cut them. You know? Absolutely. And it's been, um, it's been a lesson, I think, for many people that uh, someone's always watching. For sure. And with the NFL, as a player, there's two standards you have to hold yourself to. First is just the organization that you play for, so mm -hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but then you're also held to the NFL standard. Yeah. So if you're doing anything that's not congruent with what Roger Goodell wants, now, so you've almost have two people that you need to be in alignment with. And, and I just think that's important. So yeah, I, I do believe the moral of the story is always act as if someone's watching because there's a very good chance that they are. If you'd like to order a copy of Raise Your Game for everyone in your organization or every attendee at your next event, I can offer you a 40% discount and can even sign each copy. And if you're really committed to investing in your team, I now offer an aligned facilitator guide and team member workbook as reinforcement resources to ensure you put the book's main principles and strategies into action. Visit RaiseYourGameBook.com or email me directly at alan at allensteinjr.com for more info or to order now. Well, that's it for me. I hope this has helped you raise your game. Let's raise the game, not afraid.